welcome to the Dr. MC live podcast recording. I'm your host, Teresa Molito Connors or Dr. MC, and I'm so excited and honored that you're here joining me tonight for the second live podcast recording where we are going to talk about laying the foundation for a sustainable self-care routine. Yeah, and let's kick things right off with a question I don't have to look at because I can't get at my clipboard just yet. How you doing, Dr. MC? <laughs> I'm good. Thank you for asking. And that is a really important thing, although Jeff was just asking it kind of off the cuff, but we don't take a lot of time to just check in with ourselves. And that can actually be a really good self-care technique to just take a moment and ask yourself, how are you doing? So why don't we just do that now, each other, everybody that's on here, just take a second for a moment and think to yourself, like, how are you doing? How are you feeling right now in this moment? If you care to share, feel free to drop it in the chat, but no, no pressure if not. All right, so let's jump into some other questions, but if you put something in the chat, we will call you out and preserve you in the Internet Archives when this hits the audio recording. Let's start with a really nice one that Dr. MC is known for telling us about. So some of our participants wanted to know a little more about self-care. Is self-care only pampering yourself or a spa day? Oh, I love this question. And yeah, folks sent me some fabulous questions. So thank you so, so much for that. So is self-care just pampering yourself? No, it is not. And if you've been listening to me for a while, or you've attended maybe a live session with me or a workshop or a professional development opportunity, you've heard me talk about this. We are not talking about mani-pedis and spa days. What we are really talking about gets into the essence of who you are as a person so you can show up in the world as the best you possible. So we really look at things from a broad scope across a variety of domains. So we look at how we feed ourselves, how we hydrate, how we like to move our body, things we do to soothe ourselves, our self-awareness and our mindfulness, how we rest, how we um, work on our relationships in our lives, how we care for our physical body, how our environments are, how we practice self-compassion, and how we look at ourselves in a larger purpose in the world, our spiritual domains. There's actually 10 domains of self-care. So that's much, much more important and deeper than an occasional mani-pedi or a spa day. However, society does sometimes make us feel that that's all we're talking about with self-care. Self-care is a trending term on social media. Businesses use it to play on your vulnerabilities and try and sell you things that you do not need. But that's not what we are here to talk about at Dr. Ramsey's self-care cabaret. What else you got for me, Jeff? Another question? Yeah, let's let's lead right into the next one. So where you mentioned that self-care can sometimes be your internalization, but also how people make you feel, how do you practice self-care without others feeling negatively about you? <laughs> I like this question a lot. This was a this was a submitted one. Well, the sassy side of me says who cares what anybody else thinks? We don't care what anybody else thinks. We're really not talking about other people. You're talking about yourself. But then, of course, you know, we do, we want to be liked. We have a, a need to feel a sense of belonging and to feel loved and supported. And we want, we want people to, to like us, basically. So you have to remember, though, when we're talking about self-care, you can really, when we're talking about anything else, you can't control how someone else is going to view you 
or how they feel about you or their opinions about you. That really is more about them than you and what they got going on. And we're talking about self-care right now. So it's really about yourself. So you have to shift that thinking and remember that when you prioritize yourself, you actually are better able to attend to the needs of others. So self-care is other care. So if someone, you know, kind of turns their nose up at you or makes a snide comment because you maybe took your paid time off or you took a mental health day or you set a boundary and said no to something, if they get mad or view you negatively because of that, again, that's really more about them. And you have to remember why you're doing the things you're doing. You really only have control over yourself and how you're going to feel. And you are number one. No one's going to save you. No one's coming to save you. So you have to make that shift and prioritize yourself. And when I heard this question, I thought kind of maybe a, a workplace came to mind because we spend a lot of time working and, and around different people. And sometimes when we set those boundaries, there's a whole movement now called quiet quitting, which is essentially setting boundaries and only doing the job you were hired to do and not being willing to go crazy extra and burn out and all these other things. So now we have a term for that called quiet quitting. I call it just doing your job, but that's neither here nor there. So when we have these, this messaging from the outside world that is making us feel this way, it can be really difficult to, you know, make that shift. But this is really what we're talking about. Your needs first. Anyway, I think I went on a little bit of a tangent there, but I think I answered the question. I would call that a win. <laughs> All right, another one for you. With busy schedules and brain fatigue, how do we encourage ourselves to take the time for self-care? Yeah. So I have a really busy schedule, as many of us do. So I definitely empathize with this question. You literally have to schedule it in. And I think that's okay. But it, it's how you view the things on your calendar where I think we can get into some differences with self-care. So, you know, you might have a dentist appointment on your calendar and you may view that as like something maybe you're not looking forward to, although in the physical medical domain, that is important. However, when you put your self-care there, you should be doing things that bring you joy, that make you feel good, that make you feel happy. And if you don't, if these aren't the things you're doing, then you really need to do the work to figure out what things are going to bring that for you. So what I mean by scheduling it is, you know, you look at your whole week, get your whole week schedule ahead of you. And maybe you notice that you got a little bit of time between meetings, or maybe you happen to have a break at a certain point, or maybe there's an afternoon where there isn't something scheduled, that you begin to slot in the practices that are part of your self-care routine so that it becomes non-negotiable. Let's say, you know, when I look at my schedule, which has almost something every, you know, a busy day job, things almost every afternoon and evening sometimes, you know, I can find those little pockets where I can, okay, here's where I'm going to go for a walk. Or, you know what, I have some time here. I'm going to make sure that I journal or I'm going to keep up with my appointments. If folks no, I've talked about this before, but I do attend regular Reiki sessions as well as acupuncture. And so I make sure those are scheduled in because those are my priority. Those are important to me. I know that I feel better after they happen. 
and even things like taking a walk or taking my adult tap dance class. Like these are my non-negotiable things that I make time for. So even with a really busy schedule, you can find time to slot in those little glimpses of self-care. And it doesn't have to be crazy to be effective. That's one of the coolest things about self-care. Even if you have five minutes, even if you have one minute and you do a quick meditation or a couple of rounds of deep breathing, or just get outside for some fresh air or a little movement to your favorite song, you're going to feel the benefits from that. So schedule it. <laughs> That's the answer to that question. Let's continue that thought and talk a little more about Obey in the Life of Dr. MC. How do you fit this kind of self-care into your routine? How do you how do you do that scheduling work to keep yourself up to date? Yeah. So I mean, I really look at my cal I'm so attached to my calendar, it's not even funny. Everything is on there. I put reminders on there, my you know, meetings that I have to do, gigs that I'm doing other things, it's all scheduled out. So then that way I leave less things up to chance. It also helps ease my anxiety when I see things written out for myself, even on my to-do list. So I know I can see where I can take a walk. And one of my goals for this school year that just started a couple of weeks ago is to move more during the day. Cause I sit at a desk. I work a, a pretty uh, job that's pretty tethered to a desk during the day. And that's not good. That's not healthy. I don't feel good when I'm not moving my body. So I'm trying to move more. So I get up and I take a 15 minute walk around the building or I'll go outside if the weather's nice. And it doesn't happen every day, most days. And that's the other thing too, to remember, not every day will be perfect and that's okay. The key is not to beat yourself up about it and practice self-compassion instead. Like this week hasn't been great for me. I'll be honest with getting outside to walk because it's just been busy and other things have come up and that's okay. I know I can get back on it next week and it's not a big deal. There was a time in my life where I wasn't maybe as far along in my healing journey as I am now, where I would have completely fallen apart at not having kind of my, being off my routine or not being able to move my body and stuff like that. But that was not healthy. That was extreme and excessive. So now I try to come at it from more of a place of self-compassion and I make sure that there's time for the people in my life and I'm filling that relationship domain and that I set those boundaries with my work so that I don't check email after hours. I'm not checking email on the weekends. I don't respond to different things. Same with my Dr. MC work. Like I have boundaries around that as well. Otherwise you'll go completely insane if you don't, if you don't put some boundaries around your work. So I, I'm attached to a schedule. And that leads into another great question that someone submitted to us before this event. What tips do you have for maintaining your self-care routine? I fall off the wagon all too often. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So that's really hard because it's easy to do. And I know that self-care is the stuff that just goes out the window because we tend to get wrapped up in other things. We get wrapped up in other people's stuff. We get pulled in different directions. So it really takes a reorienting of your mindset to know that it's you first. And maybe you need to take a step back and see all the things that you have going on. And where can you let some of them go 
and where are your priorities? And then I think another thing to remember is to start small. If you try to dive into all 10 domains that I rattled off a few minutes ago tomorrow, you are not going to be successful. Everyone has areas of strengths and weaknesses. And it's really important to remember if you adopt just one new coping strategy or you pick one domain to work on, let's say it's movement or improving your sleep. If you pick just that one area and focus there and begin to feel how much better you feel after you engage in that new area or improve that area, you're not going to want to not do it anymore. So I think if you're struggling and you're finding yourself unable to keep up with things, that it's time to take a step back and Get curious as to why, what else is going on? Are you not enjoying those, you know, the pieces of your routine anymore? Are there things you could be doing that you really want to do that you just haven't given yourself the time to do? And how can you bring more joy and happiness back into the routine? Because if you're doing something as part of your self-care routine that you don't like, stop doing it. Because there's no sense in doing things that don't feel good and that don't bring you joy. I think I answered that. <laughs> I'll allow it. So <laughs> you would say, Dr. MC, that joy and happiness are core components of self-care and just being a well-rounded human being? Yeah, I would say Does that. joy and happiness involve giveaways and free stuff? Yes. <laughs> It absolutely does. Nice segue, Jeff. Thank you for that. All right. My shoes are comfortable. That was a long walk. That was a long walk. All right. I put, I threw everybody's name into a, a, a random name picker online. So let's see how this works. So you do have to be present to win. So hopefully if it pulls a name, the person's actually here, but if not, we'll just pick another one. So let's see here. Hold on. We need like a drum roll or something. Jeff, get the keyboard. What's going on? We explicitly did one with no sound effects because we didn't want it to be crazy. So everyone <laughs> in your mind, visualize what a drum roll would sound like. All right. We got Melissa. Did Melissa join? Do we have a Melissa? I guess we should have done this like we did it last time, Jeff, and only put the people in that were that actually showed up. I would, I would just like everyone to take a moment and hear Jeff was right <laughs> in her own three words. Yes, Jeff was right. All right, we got a Lisa, and I see Lisa's iPhone is on here. I know who it is. She actually private messaged me. She's having some some difficulties. So Lisa is the winner. All right, I will connect with her later. She DM'd me. She's having some uh, some trouble. All right, so we'll get some Dr. MC swag out to Lisa, which is always fun. I love sharing. Dr. MC Swag, and I think we're ready uh, for another question. Yeah, let's do it up. Uh, next question. Any thoughts about self-care when transitioning to retirement? Oh, this was, a, I thought this was a fun question. And I'm actually, I got some retirees here. I'm not gonna make them unmute and talk to me because we're not sure how the audio will work, but I want them to comment in the chat. So I'm looking at you, Georgie, and my mom. <laughs> but okay, so here's my thoughts on this. Wow, you totally outed them. I definitely did. I know, but that's okay. They love me. All right, so retiring. First of all, you've earned this. 
you've worked so hard. If you're at a place in your life where you are able to retire, I think that's awesome. So celebrate that. And I think it's time for you to set some new goals and redefine your identity. What is it maybe that you always wanted to do, but were never able to do because you didn't have the time, or maybe there's something you wanted to learn. Find your, your new purpose. I think it can feel a little strange when you begin retirement, almost like, well, now what? And I'll, I'll call my mom out, even though uh, we're not going to let her unmute. But I know, you know, some comments even that she made during earlier in the process, just being like, well, not getting as many emails as I used to. She retired after uh, 20 years in the classroom, 32 in education altogether. And it was a little bit like, huh, now what? So she started writing a book that she had always wanted to do and started other new projects and things like that. So I think it's really cool to think about your new identity and reconnect with things that maybe you've always wanted to do, but didn't have the time, or maybe a passion that you used to have and lost it over time because work and life and other responsibilities got the best of you. Or, you know, maybe now is the time to do something fun part-time or to volunteer for something. And I think, you know, get outside, move your body and just enjoy the time and celebrate every moment that you get because that's a gift. Those are my thoughts on transitioning to retirement. <laughs> and yeah. Now, I've heard you talk about self-care being considered free or quick. Can you expand more upon that point? This is my yes. question for me. Yeah. All right. Well, this gets into more misconceptions about self-care, right? Because society makes us feel like it is a luxury or it's that spa day. Who has time for a spa day? Like for real. And it doesn't have to be that. When I talk about self-care, I always talk about things that are quick and easy can be done anywhere and are free. And there's so many things you can do, even just basic deep breathing. One of the most wildly underutilized self-care techniques can be accessed anywhere for free. Mindfulness, just getting outside, moving your body, getting a good night's sleep, being kind to yourself and talking to yourself from a place of love. Like these are all spending time with people who are good to you, who encourage you, support you and believe in you. These are all things that are really important to a robust self-care routine and they all can be accessed for free. So I get so annoyed when I see big businesses co-opting the term self-care and trying to sell you something that's going to make you, you know, love yourself more, or it's going to change your life because it's not real. And we tend to see, like, when you see images of self-care, like think right now to yourself about self-care, what images come to mind? It's usually, you know, expensive skincare products or, you know, being in these luxurious spaces that are just, you know, dripping with gold and everything's always very white for some reason. Anytime you see imagery of, of self-care, that's not really it. This is your foundation. These are the things you do that you've decided are good for you and your body so that you show up as the best you possible. It's not expensive. It's not time consuming. 
one of my favorite stories to tell was a girlfriend of mine was um, we were interviewing on my podcast, a previous episode, don't feed the trolls, one of my early ones and one of my favorites. And she was talking about one minute meditations, one minute every morning before she jumps out of bed, she just takes one minute to think to herself, kind of center herself, breathe, think about her day. Then she jumps out of bed and goes on about her day. Just giving herself that one minute in the morning before starting her day just kicks her day off in a really positive way. And she's noticed the days that she doesn't do that, she doesn't feel quite as good about her day. So really, when we take self-care, we take capitalism out of it, and we take big business out of it and all the misconceptions, we can talk about what we're really talking about is really quick things, easy things, free things that you can do to take care of yourself. I think I answered that question for you, Jeff. <laughs> no, please try again. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. All right. So let's keep going though. So how does one hold themselves accountable for self-care? <laughs> this one's hard. And this is actually one of the reasons why I realized like this is going back like 10, 12 years ago when I first got interested in self-care because I noticed over the, t over the years when I would really take care of myself, how good I felt. And then when I fell off the wagon, as they say, or, you know, didn't take care of myself, how not good I felt. So really wanting to feel more of the good is really one of the driving forces between this whole idea here and wanting to share my expertise and things that I've learned. So I appreciate this accountability question. I think it goes back to starting small. So we, I rattled off the 10 domains at the beginning. Don't try to take them all in at once and like reroute or even build this epic routine that you're going to start tomorrow. That's not sustainable. What is sustainable though, is little shifts little tweaks that you can do. And over time, you may choose to build on them and add more, or you may not. I also think it's okay to find an accountability partner. Let other people know in your life what you're doing. My mom knows that I'm looking to add more movement to my day. So when I call her on my quick little walk, she's always like, oh, I'm so glad you're taking your walk. Not only do I get to talk to you, but I know you're also like, doing your movement. And that's what you wanted to do. The principal at my school knows that I want to be doing this. So she's supportive of it. So it's okay to let other people know if it, if that feels okay for you, for me with movement, like that feels good. And, you know, if you find yourself procrastinating about something or not wanting to do it or dreading doing it, then I would really encourage you to take a step back and wonder, why? Why is it that you're not wanting to do what it is that you set out? Do you not, does it not bring you joy? Let's use the gym for an example. If you don't like going to the gym, don't go to the gym. Find other ways to move your body that feels good. Another friend of mine, we were chatting recently, and she was saying that she wants to move her body more. She's like, I really don't want to go to the gym. I hate going to the gym. I'm like, then don't. She's like, and so I said to her, what do you want to do? She's like, I'd like to take dance classes. And I found a studio in Somerville that has adult dance classes. 
perfect. She's going to be so much more successful if she signs up for those dance classes and spends the money there as opposed to going to the gym where for some reason she feels like that's where she should be and she's not going to feel good about it. So when you find those things that you feel good doing and that bring you joy, they don't become a chore. And accountability will just happen because you'll want more of it. You'll feel good doing it. And then also like celebrate small wins. Like you get in your walk or you go do some other movement and you feel good, like celebrate that. Give yourself a pat on the back or a round of applause or send me an email and tell me what you did or a text. I'd love to hear about how you're practicing your self-care. If you need somebody to cheer you on for something, happy to be that person. And, you know, I think another way I mentioned this in the beginning is put it on your calendar, block out the time. Here's my 10 minute walk. Here's my going to dance class this night, or here's where I want to do this. Whatever it is, when it becomes something that is good for you and you enjoy it, it no longer becomes a chore and accountability will just happen. Are you looking for exciting, engaging, and useful professional development and workshops for your school, business, or organization? Well, look no further. Dr. MC offers a variety of options and topics related to self-care and renewal, trauma recovery, building resilience, developing a growth mindset, stress management, and more. Completely customizable to fit every need. And coming soon is a new program to help high school students manage the challenges they are facing today and the increasing concerns around mental health. Visit drmcselfcare.com to learn more and request a session. So that's my little plug for um, visiting any school businesses or organizations, spread the word, happy to put together some professional development opportunities, for you catered to the needs of the people you work with, whether it's a school or a business and um, yeah, spread the word. All right. So now that we got the business out of the way, I am allowed exactly five minutes of nonsense for every podcast episode and I'm cashing it in right now. Dr. <laughs> MC, rapid fire. We're going to get to know the doctor behind the credentials. All right. Oh, I'm going to ask you your favorite stuff. Rapid fire. Don't think, just answer. Dr. MC, what's your favorite ice cream? Ooh, uh, something, chocolate chip, peanut butter. What's your favorite pizza topping? Extra cheese. What's your favorite holiday? My birthday. What's your favorite breed of cat? Bengal. Can we get a cat? No. All right, I'll try again later. What's your favorite color? <laughs> is leopard print a color? What, it is now. What's your favorite superhero? Ooh, Thor. What's your favorite kind of bagel? Everything. What's your favorite domain of self-care? Um, relationship. What's your favorite? What's your favorite season? (laughs) Summer. Can I have a cat? No. What's your favorite episode of the podcast? My favorite episode. (laughs) Your favorite episode of the podcast. I really like these live episodes because I get to see you really in front of the camera, which you don't normally do. You don't usually you're not heard in the podcast. I think this is kind of fun. So I'm going to say my live episode. Enough that we can get it. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All right. Great job, Dr. MC. And I didn't even use the five minutes. So I'm cashing the rest of it in later. Let's go back. Let's I know, go back. Tammy, he is nothing if not persistent for sure. Oh, just wait. One of these days. All right. But let's go back to real questions. All right. All right. So we've talked about building routines. 
We've talked about the need to schedule and plan things out. But how do you fit self-care into an already scheduled day? I think you asked me that question, no? There's lots of questions about being very busy and there's oh. lots of questions about people trying to find time. Yeah, so let's like, let me so let right. me rephrase the question in case I did. So okay. let me ask you this. I heard somebody with a PhD tell me that if I listen to my body when it whispers, I yeah. won't have to listen to it roar. You won't have to hear it scream, but yeah, okay. <laughs> no, we're staying on we're staying on brand. Okay, we're staying with the cat theme. Yeah, we're staying with the cat okay. theme. Okay. So it's a scheduled day. I feel that meow start to happen. Yeah. Oh, I do. Oh, man. Well, I'm going to give you one of my favorite mindfulness tips. And I know we were going to close with the mindfulness tip, so I can give you another one when we get there. But for right now, because you set this up perfect. So you feel that heat start to rise and you're like, oh, and you're ready to just scream. And you can't scream because you're at work or you're about to walk into a meeting or there's people around that just won't appreciate it. See if you can practice the stop method. Stop what you're doing. Take a breath in through your nose, out through your mouth. Make the exhale longer than the inhale. For the O, you observe your inner and outer worlds. And then you proceed. Give yourself that momentary pause before proceeding can actually be a really great mindfulness technique to just center you, bring you back into the present moment, get you out of your head. So then you can proceed from a place of calm instead of from a place of chaos. How's that for an answer? <laughs> Such a good answer. <laughs> Someone else asked us, can self-care consist of micro breaks or is it best to get a solid amount of time? Sometimes when my to-do list is too long, I get stressed out and can't relax. Yes. Micro breaks. 100%. I love that. I don't use that terminology, but I might start because yeah, little breaks, little breaks throughout the day. Couple of deep breaths, a little bit of movement. Or maybe practicing some mindfulness, make sure you get a good night's sleep. That's like, I never sacrifice sleep, even in the most craziest of times, because you feel like junk if you don't get a good night's sleep. So I love the idea of micro breaks. And I talk about this a lot. And we've talked about even a little bit tonight. You don't have to do these epic long things like, oh my God, I got to go you know, 45 minutes of this or an hour of that. No, if you only have five minutes to do something, do it. It's better to do a short period of something than not to do it at all. So sometimes I think we get in our head that if, oh, well, I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. Surely you can find a minute to meditate, a couple minutes to move and whatnot. It's just a matter of your priorities. And if you can make that shift and you may have to set other boundaries in order to do that, and that can get kind of tricky, but that's also so important to make sure you're attending to what's important to you and not just the demands of others. All right. Someone else wrote in asking, I love to read and would love some recommendations. Can you offer any books on self-care? Oh, 
One of my favorites is called The Art of Extreme Self-Care by Cheryl Richardson. She's a local girl from uh, Newburyport, Massachusetts. So that's a really excellent book on self-care. I'm actually reading another book right now called um, Unfollow Your Passion by Terry Trisficio. And it's not exactly a self-care book, but a lot of the concepts and what she's talking about are definitely related to how we show up in the world. And it's excellent. I'm really enjoying that. I've also recently read Zach Levi's Radical Love. That's a lot of fun. I recommend that. And his story that he shares about um, some mental health challenges that he's experienced and um, kind of his journey to becoming um, Shazam and a superhero in the DC universe. So that's pretty cool. And I think those are those are the three right now. Anything by Deepak Chopra is awesome. Uh, Wayne Dyer, Louise Hay, those are all self-care experts that have come before me that I aspire to uh, be like. Nailed it. <laughs> come on, I got to be some positivity here. All right, Thanks. that was the penultimate question. It. And you Ooh. did it with style, but here's the last one. So really dial in. Okay. Can you teach us a mindfulness technique, comma, something that you find helpful? Yes. So I already told you the stop method. That's one of my favorites. My other favorite is practicing what went well. So ask yourself during the day, what went well? We tend to do the opposite of that. We tend to stress out and worry about things we didn't say or that we did and wish we didn't do or, oh my God, the to-do list. And it just goes on and on. And we tend to beat ourselves up for a lot of things. And we give ourselves, we give our energy to that negativity. And when you give your energy to negativity, you actually attract more negative into your life. And that's no fun. We don't want any of that. So instead, shift it and ask yourself what went well. It's so simple, but can be a really powerful practice. Do it throughout the day. Maybe at the end of the day can even be a good technique to do right before bed. It's like, you know what? Today was not a great day, but what went well? And you can almost always find something that went well, even in the most chaotic of circumstances. So now we've done two mindfulness techniques tonight. <laughs> and there's probably millions of them, really. Awesome. So we're out of questions. That was it for questions. And I didn't see anything else in the chat. So with that, we are nearing the end of the recording. And I want to say goodbye to my audio listeners because I want to spend a little bonus time with the folks who joined me live here tonight. So thank you for listening. I want to give a shout out and a very special thank you to my production team, my husband and my mom who keep all things of the self-care cabaret running behind, scene, behind the scenes, which is just amazing. I couldn't do it without them. And yeah, be sure to follow me on social media, Dr. MC Self-Care Cabaret, Dr. MC Self-Care, very active on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and maybe even soon TikTok. Who knows? Anything's possible. I'm Dr. MC. Thank you and good night. Mm -hmm.